it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never had his beach house searched by the FBI. President Biden getting a visit to his Rehoboth Beach getaway this morning, right now. In search of even more classified documents. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We will find out exactly how much trouble with Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom. We're also going to get a visit from Texas Representative Pat Fallon, who is sitting in on the first House oversight hearings into the handling of our southern border. You have no idea how to defend a nation. It's basically what they're saying to Mayorkas right now. 888-788-9910 if you want to testify. This little radio hearing, one way or the other. All are welcome. It's an all-skate. We don't care who you believe, uh, who you vote for, who you support, what you identify as. We say it every day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. Happy Wednesday. Here we go. I'm fired up. Uh, A day closer to the big Saturday night hoedown out in Carson City, Nevada. If you're in the area, if you're listening on KKFT you're listening, uh, KSUE out there in Northeast California, uh, you can certainly come down to the Carson Nugget. We added a late show Saturday night at 10 p.m. You can get tickets to that at ccnugget.com. Come get rowdy with the Fox Across America team. Watch me tell a few jokes and you know, you probably take me down to the pawn shop after I get done at the blackjack tables. Me and blackjack, we do not get along. <laughs> <It's>, wow. <laughs> you know those on and off relationships you, you're in, you know, in your 20s where you 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 Get back with a person like every six months just to remind yourselves why you weren't supposed to be together in the first place. That's me and Blackjack, man. Not good. <laughs> it's, you know, eh, Blackjack, it's going to be fun. Let's, let's have some drinks. Let's play some cards. And next thing you know, I'm putting on a blonde wig and turning tricks on the parking lot. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But uh, one way or the other. In the parking lot, in the comedy club, you're all welcome to come hang out. Uh, the FBI hanging out right now as we speak in Rehoboth Beach. Here's the story. Uh, we're being told it was a planned search. Now, it's an interesting uh, choice of phrasing here because Biden was at his Delaware Beach compound in Rehoboth Beach two weeks ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But at the time, it was a little weird because, you know, we had the penned up Biden Center where we found classified documents. And, of course, they said, you know, well, it's just the Penn Biden Center to worry about. And then the story changed to, well, we found him in the house. So it's just the Penn Biden Center. It's just the house. Then it turned into, well, we found some in the garage, too. So it's just the Penn Biden Center. It's just the house, just the garage. This reminds me of the scene from The Jerk. Do you remember the scene of The Jerk? I don't need anything but this lamp. And this chair, I don't need anything but this lamp and this chair. And this pen, I don't need anything but this lamp, this pen. (laughs) That's what's going on right now. It's a mess. So we've gone from just the Biden Center to just the garage to just the house, back to the house again. Now they're on to the Delaware Beach House. And understand that this search comes after Joe Biden said, if you remember last week, oh, there's no there there. What's the big deal? Well, at the time he was saying, what's the big deal? The FBI was in the process of finding even more 
documents. Biden is such a disaster. It really is. So yesterday, you know, when things get nuts, what we have noticed is the White House will send out like second string. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know what they who they consider the second string. But when it comes to doing press relations, from time to time, you'll see Kate Bedingfield, she's the White House Comms Director, or you'll see John Kirby get out there uh, and step in for Corrine Jean Pierre. She is so bad at her job. What, what's happened there with KJP is, in addition to being bad at her job, the story's just changed so many times that she doesn't have any credibility. So she keeps, you know, I'll defer you to the Department of Justice. I'll defer you to the special counsel. She can't give a straight answer. And she just keeps doubling down on the term transparent. Well, we want to be transparent. We're trying to be transparent. That's why I'm not going to answer any of your questions. I'm going to refer you to the DOJ. We're trying to be transparent, so I'm not going to touch that one. I think I'm fairly confident this administration believes that transparent is a man who has a baby. But stick with me. Kate Pettingfield, okay, goes on to CNN. Okay, and uh, she's talking to the White House comms director, Kate Bedingfield being the host of the show. Okay, excuse me, I'm I'm backwards now. Uh, But she is asked by the host of the show, uh, were there more classified documents found at the Penn Biden Center than we were originally told? And the reason this question is relevant is because Biden's narrative has shifted four times. Now, the justification the FBI gave us for the raid at Mar-a-Lago is, well, you know, the Trump story is changing. We don't know, you know. He's got the Secret Service there. Sure, he could have declassified these documents. We asked him to padlock the room. He did it. But the story has changed from time to time. So he went in with a raid. So in this instance, they haven't quite raided Biden. They gave him a heads up that they were coming, which, again, is very weird when it comes to the application of the law. Because if the FBI is looking for dirt on you, they don't tell you they're coming next week and give you time to go out and get rid of it. That's true. That is true. So Biden's had a lot of opportunity here. And again, he went back to this beach house two weeks ago after they had been to the Biden Center, after they had been to the garage, after they had been to the house in his Wilmington residence. He now was like, oh, well, did we leave anything else at the other place? Meaning the guy who said in August, how could Trump be so reckless? My God. What kind of risks did he expose us to in having classified documents in a Secret Service protected compound, padlocked? I mean, come on, who could be so reckless? Apparently uh, a few people, because Biden had these documents now in at least four places, and it sounds like we're about to hear about a fifth. But here is Kate Bedingfield being asked about that changing narrative, clip 27. Were any additional classified documents found as part of that search? That's not something I can comment on from here. That's something you'll need to ask the Justice Department. What I can say is that we have been cooperative and uh, transparent from the outset. While he absolutely takes this seriously and continues to cooperate, he's also continuing to focus on the things that matter in people's lives. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. (laughs) This is what you get out of KJP, too. So uh, you change the story five times. What's up with that? Well, you know, the president's uh, inflation, the American people, the border, climate change. We care about people. (laughs) They won't give you a straight answer. Never stop politicking. Here she is, Kate Bedingfield, asked again about transparency and the problem they're having in this White House. It's clip 28. If you are indeed being transparent, why the continued trickle of disclosure around these classified documents? We have released multiple statements from the White House, and President Biden's personal attorney has released multiple statements over the last month, uh, walking through the process and agreeing to be fully, fully cooperative with the Justice Department. 
You gotta do better than that. I mean, let's talk about it. We've released multiple statements from the White House. And we've fully walked people through the process. But here's the story. The process has changed after every single statement. Bingo. Think about that. The first statement, fully transparent. Well, we only have it at the Penn Biden Center. I don't know how they got there. But then they were fully transparent. They were like, well, we only found them at the House. I don't know how they got there, but the Penn Biden Center in the House. (laughs) Then the third statement was, yeah, weird. They were uh, in the Corvette. He had them in the Corvette. I don't know how they got them there. They're surprised. We're just being transparent. They were only in the Biden Center, only in the House, only in the garage. (laughs) Yo. We could go on and do this, like, uh, call and repeat game with the game show buzzer, but the point is... The narrative changed two more times from there. And now they're on their way to the Rehoboth Beach Beach House. Understand the real problem here and the real potential for disaster here. And the reason I think people are concerned is that the narrative shifting as many times as it has means there was a coordinated effort to keep this from us. Not because they were worried about some political blowback from the media. It's not like the media is going to hound Biden to resign. The media is devastated by all of this. Devastated. Because if Biden has classified documents and he's been the subject of a couple of FBI searches, it's almost impossible to charge Donald Trump. And that just kills people on the left. You understand, people's biggest turn on. If you were to go on like liberal dating sites, you know, you used to hear things like, I like long walks on the beach. Now it's, I like yelling orange man bad. I like calling names on Twitter and screaming at white people in the middle of the country for things they didn't do. You have no idea what an actual erotic turn on it is for liberal elites to invest their energy into hating Donald Trump. The idea of him going to jail for classified documents, it's everything in the world. That's all these people dream about. So they get on TV and scream and yell about Trump being bad and they hate him so they don't have to hate themselves. Then they run home and step over the wino who's pantless in front of their New York City apartment. I wish I was kidding. Go upstairs to their $7,500 a month studio apartment, stick their tub in the head and scream. Ah! People hate Trump. So the fact that Biden has now taken away that lane or seems to be taking away that lane means the media doesn't care about this story. It's, it's it. It's like a push. It's like, well, if you can't get Trump. What do we care what they do to Biden? But the reason Biden was trying to beat back this story is because Hunter Biden lived in these residences. According to the emails, Hunter Biden was using the Delaware, the Wilmington home as his home office. It was his office. It's where he did his emailing. It's where he shacked up with a couple of women of the night, uh, if you want to be specific. Hubba, hubba. But if you look at the pictures on his laptop, yes, some of them are taken there. If you look at the pictures he has posted repeatedly of him driving Biden's Corvette, you know, the one that was sitting next to the classified documents in the garage. Okay, that means he, the guy who lived there, who was accused of selling interest in our government, the guy who has confessed to having an addiction. And again, we don't begrudge him that could happen to any of us. But understand people who are addicted are capable of doing nefarious things in an effort to fund their addictions. So when you find out that we had Hunter... Okay, the guy who seemed to be trading off the family name, I don't think there's any debate over that anymore. Every media outlet known to man now admits the laptop is true. 
But when you got a guy out there trading on his family name, selling influence to our government, doing so while funding a lavish lifestyle of drugs and hookers, sorry, it's just that's the you know it's the story. You know, the reality becomes: were we compromised? Were we endangered by this guy having access to those documents? And it's really hard to take the president at his word that everything's fine. Because understand, his word has now changed four times. They're just in the Biden Center. All right, well, you know, just in the house. All right, just in the garage. Just in the Biden Center, the house, the garage, nowhere else. Now they're in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Okay, now the truth is we don't know if we're compromised. Okay, but we do know that at every turn, Joe Biden has been completely full of Introducing the Chevy Corvette Joe Biden edition, a car that's so high tech, the owner's manual is classified. People know I take classified documents, classified materials seriously. Any sports car can get you in trouble with the cops, but the Biden Corvette will get you in trouble with the FBI. I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say. You'll never worry about tire pressure again because the Biden Corvette keeps inflation sky. It's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid service. And its sleek design will leave you extra space in your garage for government documents. But I don't know what's in the documents. I... My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. The Chevy Corvette Biden edition. The first car to go from zero to special counsel in 3.8 seconds. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A little bit earlier today, about two hours ago, Bill Hammer, host of America's Newsroom, co-host anyway, him and Dana. Uh, Bill is going to be appearing on the show in the next 10 minutes. But a few minutes ago, he was uh, on with Andy McCarthy. And uh, our legal analyst here at Fox News was kind of weighing in on the search at Rehoboth Beach and the searches as a whole by the DOJ. And here's his take, clip 29. They got put on their back feet by the CBS report, and they've been scrambling ever since because none of this makes sense. And what particularly doesn't make sense is the fact that the Justice Department early on greenlighted the idea that Biden lawyers who do not have security clearances could conduct these searches at the Biden residences in Delaware. And what we've now seen is those searches were not only incompetently done— because the Bureau found additional documents in the Wilmington residence after those searches took place. But basically, they were greenlighting having people without security clearances look for classified documents that they were not authorized to see, which is virtually what Biden is under investigation for. Think about that. So you got people who don't even have classified authorization searching for the documents, which I'm sure happens more readily than people realize. That being said, it was Biden's own lawyers being tasked 
with finding problematic documents. Okay, and understand what they turned over to the FBI was a lot less than the FBI ultimately found. That's just how white folks will do you. Now, if you remember, the justification for raiding Mar-a-Lago was what? Well, the National Archives asked for documents from Trump. His lawyers turned over documents. But the National Archives knew. They knew there had to be more laying around. So when went the FBI with guns blazing and sirens wailing and CNN cameras in tow? And they claimed they just happened to be sitting around and just, lo and behold, the FBI came tearing by, so we decided to follow them. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Yeah, there's no coincidence there. But here is, John, here is Jonathan Turley, another one of our analysts, speaking with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino earlier on America's Newsroom, saying they should also be looking at the University of Delaware. Now, the reason this is significant to you is Biden had documents found at the Penn Center, okay, at the University of Pennsylvania, which, oh, by the way, got $50 million in donations from the Chinese Communist Party. This could be a problem. Could be. Okay, but then we had him at his house, then we had him in his garage, then we found more in his house. Now they're searching Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Okay, but the University of Delaware has Biden's documents as a senator, as Biden's documents uh, under lock and key. They made a deal at the time he left the Senate over 14 years ago that they would store his docs. Here is Turley saying, hey, if he put them everywhere else, why wouldn't they be there? It's clip 30. There has been no indication that they're going to the University of Delaware. I mean, the University of Delaware is sitting on an enormous trove of documents from uh, the president's period as a senator. We already know that he did have some classified material that apparently he removed from the Senate uh, that was located in, in, in one of his residences. Uh, there's been no discussion about looking at this massive amount of material. It's sort of like fishing in a swimming pool next to an ocean. I mean, it, the, 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 the number of documents uh, at the University of Delaware really are staggering. And what concerns us is that the Bidens essentially turned the University of Delaware into a giant lockbox uh, to keep people from seeing his papers, including possible uh, papers dealing mm -hmm. with the allegations of sexual harassment. But now there's serious questions about classified material, and there's no indication the FBI has gone there yet. So think about that. When Biden left the Senate, he had aspirations to run for president. He had a sexual assault accuser by the name of Tara Reid. He had God knows what else going on, so he stashed all the potentially problematic documents at the University of Delaware. Now the guy who's lied to us about documents on four occasions wants you to believe, no, nah, we didn't have any there. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Rat, which is, of course, a jam from the wrestler soundtrack. Apropos, because joining us now, a lot of people consider him the Randy the Ram of cable news. Bam, We're bam. Talking about battling Bill Hammer. Wow. Here with the Ram Jam. Hey, man. Woo, how you been? It's been a minute. Um, I, I am currently in... Um I think I'm still in stage one. <laughs> Football morning? Yeah, denial. Well, Jimmy Silver Lining Fallon has some wisdom to share. I hope so, because I'm moving toward anger. Well you, know you're, well, you know you're on my mind, and it's funny. You know, I thought about this. Obviously, we were all frustrated with the officiating. 
Okay, we lost our minds on the Fela House. Really? Was a rowdy place. Tell me, Mo. I mean, on the last, first of all, on the rollout that essentially decides the game, which is Mahomes rolling right as three different linemen get away with egregious holding penalties. Oh, why? You saw that? Oh, it was outrageous. It wasn't just me. No, no, in real time. Because uh, I'm not here to complain. No, I know you're okay? not. But I want to go in anyway. I'll give you some chicken soup, okay? Dig it. So it's a, it's a triple hold. You could call a hold on any of them. I saw two. Okay. I, I didn't know there was a third. Lincoln claims it was a third on the center, uh-huh. but well, stick you, with me. I would never second guess None- the link. <laughs> But no, nonetheless, okay, even a hit that does appear to be late, he's pulling up at the time. It's not like an attempt to inflict damage. That being said, a tough way to essentially decide a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And people had so many frustrations, obviously, with the earlier play being blown dead after it happened, which you've never seen mm-hmm. in the history of the NFL. I, Jimmy... Mm-hmm. I've played football since the third grade. It didn't happen in the third grade. <laughs> You've never seen that. <laughs> never seen it. The play is over. Okay, it never go, happened, guys. Come on back out. We're uh-huh. going to do it over. Yeah, yeah. So you're well within your rights to be upset. The only thing I could think of is that maybe they did you a favor because you don't have to face off against Eagles fans face-to-face. Um, how, do, how, do how do I learn to accept that? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I just want to give you intel before you do. Yeah, please. Before the NFC title game, do you know the Eagles fans were egging the 49ers bust? Do you know what the price of eggs is? <laughs> like, you're talking about a level of viciousness. Yeah, if so. if you're still throwing eggs at $6 a carton, Hammer, yeah. I don't know that you wanted that fight. Years ago, I was at Rich Stadium. Now we call it Highmark Stadium, and I was with the Bengals, and Boomer Esiason was the quarterback for Cincinnati. Jim Kelly was the quarterback for Buffalo. So we're going back a minute yeah, yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah, here. Um, and the Bills fans waited for the Bengals to shower, change, leave the locker room, get on board the bus, and they waited to rock the bus <laughs> in the parking lot. Um, having said that, uh, I know all about Eagles fans, and uh-huh. they are loyal and they are dedicated. I, I respect them for that. Oh, I love them. Here was the itch I was having during the game. Mm-hmm. I just watched the Eagles blow out the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I know losing Brock Purdy was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the week before, they blew out the, the Giants. The, the football Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't even close. No. I was like, man, our offensive line is not doing well. And if we go up against the big boys of Philadelphia, that's the strength of their team is their offensive yep. line and their defensive front. Yep. Now, I will tell you, my little scouting report here. <laughs> Is the specialty players for Kansas City are beat up. Yep. The quarterback, the receivers, and the secondary. We agree mm-hmm. on that. Yep. But their guys up front have never played better. They played a hell of a right? game. Right? And, and their offensive line is, re- is healthy and yep. really good despite the hold that you just described. A lot of hold. I, 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 right? More than just one play. Yeah. So this is, this is I mean, it's, it's a cliche to say, but mm-hmm. it is a battle in the trenches in the Super Bowl. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when a team plays a team from a different conference, yeah. a lot of things surprise them. Yep. And maybe that's the case in, in Phoenix. Yep. But this game will be decided by the men playing up front. For sure. In the trenches. And I think the line reflects that. The line is two or one and a half. That's a low line. So I they agree. expect why, why do you think that? even battle. Well, they've given a lot of respect to both teams, but I think that the matchup you just spoke to is why. I don't think this is a game they expect to be wide open. Like, I don't think we're looking at a 41-38 game. I actually think we're looking at something lower scoring. I, I take that. Yeah. I think, you know, from a fan's perspective, I, I love sure. that. I think the, the best bet right now, Hammer, as you know, is probably over 12 and a half classified documents at a Biden residence this <laughs> oh week. Uh, what did the New York Post say last week? Sloppy Joe? 
That's a great I, this, post. this stuff is everywhere. Great headline. So now we're in Rehoboth Beach. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, we've been all over. You know, there's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego books? Or where's Waldo? Where's Classified? Yeah, you got to look for it now. That's right. I mean, we're up to possibly, it hasn't been confirmed. Uh-huh. So we won't jump the gun. Mm-hmm. But we're, you know, you're, you're, you're two for two. <laughs> and in all likelihood, I think at the end of the day, there's probably something there. Uh, you know, the smart men on our team, mm-hmm. Turley and McCarthy, yep. we know them we as Jonathan and Andy. Mm-hmm. They brought up the University of Delaware yes. today repeatedly. I was going to ask you. I was like, what's going on, guys? Yeah. And they said, well, it just strikes us as odd that they haven't looked there yet. But maybe they have. I wonder about that because obviously, you know, Delaware, is, he essentially made a deal with them when he left the Senate. Uh-huh. to like It was essentially like a presidential library for a senator. Right. And they're concerned that they might be but sitting he, on things. He had documents from the days that he was a senator. Yeah. Not cool. Now, here's what I would do. Yep. If it's old information, if it's old intel, if it's out of date, it doesn't matter. Tell us. Yep. Tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would help the American public a great deal. Yeah. Well, I think that's been their biggest problem right now is messaging. I think two things. Go. One is messaging. The other is the scope of the Trump raid puts them in a position of constant contrast for the DOJ anyway. Because we went into Mar-a-Lago, guns blazing, sirens on, cameras yeah. in tow. Calling the Navy SEALs. And now we're giving yeah, <laughs> paratroopers. It right. was the end of Scarface. So Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, I'm on, the, the, I'm on the balcony. <laughs> um, riddle me this, Jimmy. Uh-huh. Um, so today we learned, or last night we learned, mm-hmm. um, the FBI went back to two things. Mm-hmm. The lawyers for Biden found the documents at the Penn Biden Center. Yeah. They contacted the White House mm-hmm. and then called the archives or the DOJ. So the FBI went back there, we've learned, uh, third week of November, maybe November 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, what they were looking for, what they found, I do not know, but yep. probably just more material. So <clears throat> it, was a, it, was a, it was a secret in Washington yep. for a while mm-hmm. until CBS broke the story. Mm-hmm. You know Washington, D.C. Yep. It's a small town. <laughs> and you know what that town likes to do? No, yeah. It likes to talk. They sure do. So who on the inside ratted the story out? It's a fascinating question. We're talking to Bill Hammer, co-host of America's Newsroom. And it's a really good question because the one thing you haven't had a lot of out of this administration is leaks. And you haven't had a lot of leaks out of the DOJ when it comes to this administration anyway. Obviously, they left Mar-a-Lago and did glamour shots for the documents they found, spread them out on the carpet, had nice lighting and everything in between. Right. So it does raise an interesting question. Now, what do you think of this theory that I, I don't actually have a handle on this theory? OK, but there's a lot of people out there like, oh, they're taking Biden out. I don't believe that. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me because I know it's very hard to get an incumbent president off a ticket Mm -hmm. and there might be some type of an internal calculus. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is not are we looking at like an orchestrated soft coup per se, Mm -hmm. but are we looking at a situation where they know they have dirt on certain people in certain positions and if they have to act on it, they do? Bingo. There you go. I mean, look, it's A, B, or C, right? Yep. And we don't know what the answer is here. Okay. And you, you and I are just speculating yes, on of this. Course. But I just want to take you through it another step further. Mm-hmm. It's either A, they were being honest, they found the documents, and said, we got a problem here, mm-hmm. all right? And it played out the way it played out, and Garland made the decisions he did on his own timetable, not expecting this to go public. M- maybe they were already looking in Wilmington. Maybe they had asked him questions about Rehoboth. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's A. B is somebody from the Republican Party said – 
hey, man, we got a hell of a story here. You just raided Trump's place. Yeah. Trump raid happened, what, November 18th? Is that right? Yeah. Is well, that no, right? No, in August. Trump is August. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I apologize. Yep. I'm sorry. Got my times mixed up. Yeah, of course. Up. So you, that happens, and Republicans are ticked off about it. Somebody within the Trump world is ticked off. Somebody, like, I, don't, I don't know, within the FBI, DOJ, Secret Service. There's anyone of dozens and dozens of people who might know this. They give them the information. They blow the, the lid on this thing. Yep. Or C, I believe it was September mm-hmm. when I think I read three pieces in one week that said the same thing. Don't run for a second term. Yep. You're going to be 82 years old. Yep. And I do believe those appeared in the Times, the Washington Post, and Politico. Just not do, exactly Mar-a-Lago Monthly. Okay, yeah. so over five days, you got three uh-huh. significant publications coming out saying, hey, I know you said you're going to think about it over the holiday, but we don't want you to. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of anonymous quotes were in those pieces. Sure. So and, and he if- says, listen, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, and Jill and I are going to talk about it, let you know my answer. And they probably knew the answer before he even left. And he said, listen, all the data is moving in my direction. Yeah. Things are looking up. Mm-hmm. It was the last time you had a willing president leave after one term. No. 1968. I was going to say it was LBJ. For, for many people, that's a lifetime. Yeah, that's for a lot of people. I mean, goodness gracious. So you got the power and you got the helicopters and you got the planes and you. It's good stuff. I mean, listen, it's good yeah. stuff. It's the reason why you're a politician anyway. You're drawn to the job because <laughs> of the power and influence. And it's hard to get him out of there. Now, you're making a really good point. And, uh, you know, there is the possibility that they opened up the missile silos. And they helped, you know, kind of grease the skids. You don't know. We're just we're, we're recklessly. And by the way, even if that's the case, he can still overcome it. Yeah, he, I'm, the special counsel is going to go on for how long? Yeah, I know. That's right? the thing. Okay. So you could you could wind up with a race where both guys are under special counsel investigation. <laughs> yes. What a time to be alive, yeah. Hammer! What a time to be alive! Yeah. Uh, let me throw in some of the fun news. Uh, yeah. The the pandemic of bureaucracy appears to be ending. No, it's ninety nine more days, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. They put a date on. Well, they chose the scientific date. <laughs> Everyone knows COVID has an ETA. It, it calls you like it's looking at its phone for directions. Now we'll be here May 10th. All the COVID will be out of town. Yeah, they, they, they put a deadline on a virus. I, I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do love the move to end proxy voting in the House because it's me, you and Dana, you, Dana, and myself have been covering this on Newsroom. And I just found it so hilarious. Because they really had it so good for so long. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are still fighting this, the idea that he'd get rid of even even the de- the emergency declaration. Yeah. The World Health Organization ain't on board. Well, there's the, one of these stories suggests that he's doing it to make sure that the student loans are, are, yeah. are given a relative amount of relief. And mm-hmm. if you mark it on May 11th of the calendar and the school year's wrapping up, maybe, yeah. maybe, that maybe theory, that's the hook. Maybe it applies. And some Title 42 implications. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot goodness. going on there. Well, a lot of moving parts, Hammer. Woo! We are we're playing. Uh, you know they play like the read the read offense. Yes. You know, they're running a read option right Andy now. Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. Or the re- oh, the read. Like, yeah. am I going to give it to the fullback yeah, yeah. or the That's tailback? Vince, Vince or? Young started that. Am the I read gonna, option. Am I going to keep that? Yeah. yeah. It was like, is he going to hand off inside? Is this a draw? Is the quarterback going to hold on to it? I, I don't. I wouldn't imagine the playbooks that that advanced in the Biden White House right now. I think they're running it between the tackles. Today, ironically, is mm-hmm. the first significant departure this administration has had. Talking about Klain. Ron Klain's yeah. leaving the chief of staff. Yeah. He, he picked the doozy of a time. How about it, huh? What did he know back? In this? What did say, he know back in November? Listen, the last thing he needs is 
having this hanging over his negotiations with MSNBC. You know, <laughs> he doesn't need right this. On. L- listen, the other thing he could be doing is he's yeah. getting ready for the second run. Yeah. And if he is, he's going to be camp. a political operative, and he's going to make a lot of money doing it. Well, I think that's what a lot of people read into when it came to him announcing his departure, is that this was the surefire sign that Biden was running again. If you had to bet right now, would you bet on him running? Today, yes. Still. Yeah. You've given this. Okay. I, I, I agree with your assessment. Mm-hmm. It is really difficult to get him out, to move someone to the side if, if they're not willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, LB, LBJ was brought to his knees because of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Right. And he yep. said, no, Moss. Yeah. I'm going back to Texas. He pulled a Roberto Duran. Yeah. He okay. actually put on gloves and everything. A lot of people don't know that. Uh-huh. I kid. Really quick LBJ story since you brought yes, it up. Yeah, do it. He had an amphibious vehicle that he owned at his ranch in Texas. And I, I read this in the book, The President's Club, and I just found it so funny. And, you know, he had like a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say a prank side per se, mm-hmm. but he was LBJ, okay, through the fastball. Yeah. He didn't care what sign the catcher was putting down. LBJ did what he wanted to do. So he was from time to time prone to having guests in this amphibious, I believe is a Cadillac. I'll bring up a picture for you here in the studio. And he would just drive it into the water. And had people convinced, like, oh, he must be hammered. We're going to drown. <laughs> but he had some type of tech. Hey, it's, you, it's can, you can do that on the ranch, boss. Yeah, these are the things. This is why yeah. you go down to Texas yeah. and you have the fun. Yeah, you had your ATV out there. So, yes, so indeed. Really, so really quick. It's so yes. funny. All I wrote in was LBJA and got 100 pictures of this. Wow. It was built in may Germany. I, may I? Yeah, of course, Hammer. Okay. Come on. Sorry. It's LBJ's Amphicar. It was built in Germany from 61 to 68. Lyndon Johnson loved to play a terrifying prank with his Amphicar. Uh And he'd drive you in. The Secret Service didn't like it because now they're swimming along. Yeah, I remember this story. Very good. You really want to pimp some of your buddies? Hey, guys, we're going to pack the cooler. We're going to go for a drive. And you end up near the pond. And you keep on going. This is unbelievable. He pioneered it. I mean, Ted Kennedy kind of next leveled this trick. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But where's everybody going? What do you mean? Get on, everybody. Uh, one last thing I got to get a comment on. I thought for sure I was starting. I, I started a rumor. I had Brady going to the 49ers. Wow. Especially with Brock Purdy. So I had Brady. John. I had Br- correct. Yeah. But he'll be back in six months. Okay. He can rehab. Okay. Um, I had Brady playing another year. Me too. I told Perino, you know, I went down there for the Joe Burrow, yep. Tom Brady game in mm-hmm. Tampa. And Brady looked good. Yeah. He didn't have the horses around him to, to help yeah. him win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, if he can either shore up Tampa, which yeah. I don't think is possible right now, yeah. or go to a team that's a contender immediately, he's going to play another year. I, I thought the 49 And I think, I, I don't know the answer, yeah. but maybe San Francisco did not make the offer. Maybe and once they shut the door, he said, well. He didn't want to go to one of the other franchises right. that he's it's, owned for as many years as he time. did. Yeah, maybe it was San Fran or Bust. I, that would make sense. That's what I feel today. It's a shame because yeah. he would have looked good he, in that Niners jersey. I tell you what, he's from Northern California. I, I asked Jim Gray this question three uh. different ways today. <laughs> I, got, I got donuts. <laughs> he gave you, in the sting, he gave you the old and, shutout. And I don't know. I love Jim Gray. Uh-huh. And I think he knows. Oh, get Gray on the horn. All right, Bill Hammer. Well, it's good Good to have you back in Eagles good given three. Who do you like today? You, you. I'll take the Chiefs. I'll wow. take the Chiefs all I'll day. I'll take the Eagles today. I reserve the right to change my mind tomorrow or a week from now. Yeah, so you sound like Brady because he'll be back before it's all over. The great Bill Hammer. We're back after this. Thank you, brother. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Just finished up with my man, Bill Hammer. Best of the best. One of the best humans you'll meet anywhere. And one of the theories he floated 
was that, you know, Biden was pretty confident about running for a second term. But the powers that be who know things about him just decided, get him out of here. Get him out. I mean, this is reality for politicians. The only thing they want is power. They want power. That's the business they're in. Like you're in the you business. I'm in the me business. We're in the America business. You know, we're all, you know, we're all teammates, as I say every day on the air. But the people in Washington aren't really our teammates. Yes, we send them to Washington, at which point their life becomes a never-ending exercise in remaining in Washington. More power, more lobbyist dinners, okay? More re-elections, more campaign cash. That's all this is ever about. And the reality is the Democrats have a lot more power if they win the 2024 election than if Biden loses to pretty much any Republican under the age of 100. Trump and Biden would be a fight because you understand Trump turns out as many voters for the other side as he does for his own. People just hate Trump. That's not me telling you I hate him. That's me telling you how much other people do. But I think you know that by now. But if Biden goes up against anybody, the Nikki Haley's or Tim Scott or Ron DeSantis, anybody, he's probably going to lose by about 30 points. And the Democrats know that. Him being an incumbent, it's almost impossible to get him off the ticket unless – you start finding things around the house that would force him to go. Oh, wow! I'm not saying the fix is in, but I am saying Biden's out, and we will tell you why when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are fired up. In this hour of Fox Across America, we're going to talk 2024 because there's a lot happening, including rumors abounding that Nikki Haley, superstar governor in the great state of South Carolina, U.N. ambassador under Donald Trump, she has set her sights on the White House. And the word on the street is she is going to jump in later this month. And win the whole damn thing. Wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine Trump agrees with that statement. But according to Governor Haley, she has never lost a race, which is in fact true. So it could make things interesting. But right now, most of the headlines being made in this hour are about people who haven't declared any intention to run, but most likely will. Of course, I'm talking about Ron DeSantis and the fact that he's taken some heat from Donald Trump, the president, getting out of bed this morning, going over to Truth Social and just going in on DeSantis. This guy will say anything. I mean, wow. What we're watching right now, if we were going to talk about this technically, and you're certainly welcome to be a part of the conversation, 888-788-9910. We're watching, you know, this primary start to take shape. You've got Nikki Haley apparently telling sources she plans to run. Uh, She'll probably be a phenomenal candidate, to be clear. The Republicans have a really deep bench. And a lot of these candidates have unique attributes that are a big problem for the Democrats. It's really hard for the Democrats to yell the Republicans are a bunch of racist misogynists if Nikki Haley is on that ticket somewhere as a woman uh, Indian descent. Okay, same thing goes for a guy like Tim Scott. You can't yell, you know, it's Jim Crow on steroids if you've got the first black man elected to both houses of Congress. Now, I don't doubt for a second that the Democrats are going to yell racism no matter who's on this ticket, be white, black, or anything in between. Believe me, the card's getting played. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. For sure. 
but it'll be a lot harder for people to go along with those ideas if the representation on the Republican ticket happens to refute those narratives. That being said, we are a long way from deciding who's going to sit at the top of the Republican ticket. The only thing we know for certain right now is that if it's Biden, the Republicans are probably going to walk away with a pretty easy victory. Tell them like it is. Okay, Biden's a disaster right now, historically unpopular within his own party. As I'm talking to you, we've got the FBI now at his Rehoboth Beach getaway. Come on, man. Okay, there's rumors that they're going to go to the University of Delaware next. Because in addition to the University of Pennsylvania, in addition to his garage, in addition to his house, in addition to another part of his house where documents have been found, okay, we do know that Biden's entire catalog of records from the Senate are housed at the University of Delaware. And they have been fighting in court to not release those documents under the claim that they're still sorting and classifying the documents. Dude. That doesn't make this sound better. It makes it sound worse. It's been 14 years since the guy left the Senate. If you can't classify everything he took with him, sounds like an awful lot of stuff. I think he's got a point. So we'll see how it plays out. But the fact remains the Republicans would seemingly have a pretty easy path to the White House in 2024 if it's Biden because he's horrific. And, of course, nobody in their right mind thinks it's going to be Kamala either. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha-ha! So most of the entertainment right now, okay, is on the Republican side of town. And that entertainment's getting pretty interesting because what Trump is doing and going after DeSantis early is obviously trying to bait him into the race. And the reason being, it's the reason Trump launched his campaign early, is it was very strategic in that he wants to muscle out most of the fundraising money. He wants to muscle out most of the competition. Trump is specifically attacking DeSantis because he sees him as his biggest threat. So you want to make your biggest threat start pouring through resources. You want to make your biggest threat get in the ring and start taking punches now. So when the field gets more crowded, he's already a bit weakened. There's definitely an internal calculus here. But strategically, it's a very hard strategy to agree with in terms of Trump's line of attack. Because right now, what he's bashing DeSantis for is his handling of the COVID pandemic. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Let me give it to you really quick, okay? Fauci is a moron. He is a weapons-grade narcissist. He's obsessed with himself. At one point, he said to him, to the world, with a straight face, I am the science. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Totally. But Fauci held a lot of sway over Trump in an election year because we had a pandemic. We knew nothing about it. We didn't have the targeted data at the beginning that we do now. So Fauci was making the recommendation to shut things down. Trump followed that lead. So did every other state in the country. Just so we're having an honest conversation. Everybody did temporarily shut down their states. Everybody. Okay. The edict came from the top. The states had the individual right to follow it. They all did. There was a moment of solidarity. There was a moment of we're all in this together. Okay, and that moment lasted about as long as an episode of Tiger King that we were all watching in our house at the time. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. But the point is DeSantis was the first to say no. Okay, we're reopening everything. Come on down for spring break. We're opening the beaches. We're going to shut down the nursing homes because they're in the most vulnerable segment of the population. But we're not going to destroy our economy. We're not going to destroy the education of our students. We're not going to let the treatment 
cause more harm than the disease. And to his credit, DeSantis demonstrated real leadership because he was getting trashed in the media. They said he was conducting an exercise in human sacrifice. That's what they said at the time. And to this day, Ron DeSantis has better COVID numbers than any other state in America. It's just about as good as anybody out there. Okay, but what he has better is education. What he has better is his economy. They have the number one state economy in the country. What he has better is the influx of people into his state. There are more people moving to California and, excuse me, to Texas and Florida than anything else in the country. Nothing close to it. A lot of them are coming from California. A lot of them are coming from New York. What do they have in common? They're liberal states where they had big lockdowns, big taxes, big crime, Uh, not very big punishment. Everybody gets out of jail early now because of these woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to But what we're seeing in the early going is Trump tries to bait DeSantis into the game is it's a weird line of attack. He called him a rhino globalist, which, again, is like a word salad, bu- a word salad buzz term. Yes, people do hate the rhinos and the Republican Party. And yes, we do hate globalists. But do we have any actual indication that DeSantis is either of those things? The answer would be no. No, that's silly. And, you know, that's Trump getting bad advice from somebody. Fauci gave Trump bad advice. He followed it. Somebody else in the campaign could be giving him bad advice. He's following it. Uh, But this is not the strategy that's going to work against DeSantis. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, especially when Nikki Haley gets into the race. Because understand, she was uh, a U.N. ambassador under Donald Trump. Okay, so there's a relationship there. Uh, But there's also the potential, you know, for them to be going head to head long before anybody else gets into the race. Because the expectation now is Haley basically took the bullet. She got out there, became the first person to formally declare and defy Trump, at which point she'll incur his wrath, but will ultimately clear the runway in the coming weeks for the other people to announce. I'm talking about the Tim Scotts of the world and, yes, even the Ron DeSantis of the world. Okay, but here is Trump back in November. This is how this thing started. This is Trump saying in November it would be very disloyal if former cabinet members ran against me. This is clip two. How would you handle running against people in your cabinet like Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence? Well, many of them have said they would never run if I run, so we'll see whether or not that turns out to be true. I think it would be very disloyal if they did, but that's okay, too. Okay. So at the time, he thought it would be disloyal, but he said it would be okay. Well, if he means that, (laughs) I hope he means that because they're about to get into the race. Uh, One of the people... In addition to Nikki Haley is, of course, Tim Scott. And he was asked by Brian Kilmeade also on how close he is to making the decision. Here's Tim Scott's reply, clip four. It is time for us to give back to uniting this country. And if we think about the things that unite this country, all of us want the next generation to be better off than this generation. All of us want to be able to live where you want to live and succeed based on your efforts not because the game is fixed in your favor. The good news is right. this is America. We are the most exceptional nation on earth. If there's traction for that story, I hope to go to another state and then another state right. and another state. So we'll see what happens. But the so, good Lord's blessed me with living the American dream. So he's going out to Iowa to test the waters and see what kind of feedback he gets about a potential 2024 run. Tim Scott has quietly raised like $100 million. Like a lot, He's got a lot of donor money behind him as does DeSantis, and I don't doubt Nikki Haley will too because they're all very formidable. Republicans have a really deep bench, but we're about to have, you know, what I think we consider to be like a royal rumble 
when it comes to, you know, all of them getting in the ring and duking it out over the course of the next few months. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. That's where it's headed. Trump is Buddy Ravel. <laughs> He's fought everybody. If you've ever seen the movie 3 O'Clock High, Trump is Buddy Ravel. He's fought everybody known to man. And DeSantis, I guess in this instance, would be Jerry, the guy who runs the school store, <laughs> now has to square off with Buddy Ravel. Well, here is DeSantis. I played you a cut of this yesterday, okay, in which DeSantis replied to Trump's criticisms of his handling of the pandemic. It's clip 13. I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win re-election, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. Wow. So he was saying, you know, you're going to criticize my COVID response, but I got over I got over elected. I got reelected in record breaking fashion. So people were clearly okay with my COVID response. And he was taking a subtle dig, a subtle dig at Trump, who, of course, because of COVID, was not ultimately reelected. Now, again, I know Trump contends the election was stolen and everything in between. And you might even feel the same way. But in terms of the path forward, the Republicans will not win a 2024 election if the conversation is about the 2020 election. The Republicans can win if we're having a conversation about the future, about the damage the Democrats have done to our economy, to the border, to the crime and everything in between. But if it becomes a, <clears throat> excuse me, a petty personal relitigation of the past, they're going to have a really hard time winning, even if Biden is on the ticket, even if someone as, as awful as Kamala is on the ticket. OK, but here is Trump responding to that DeSantis clip. Clearly got under his skin a little bit. Remember, I was 233 and 20 in the midterms and got 1.2 million votes more than Ron D. Sanctimonious in the great state of Florida. Also, 12 million more votes in 2020 than in 2016. And I won saying he won the election in 2020. He added his own commentary and said the real Ron is a rhino globalist who closed quickly down Florida and even its beaches, loved the vaccines and wasted big money on testing. How quickly people forget. Uh, you know, of course, Trump omitting the fact the entire country did shut down for a few weeks in March. DeSantis was the first guy to open up. Uh, but the fact remains, it's, there's a real bitter thing going on here because DeSantis is getting a lot of fundraising money. And what a lot of people think is DeSantis is Trump minus the baggage. That's the issue. So when I talk to you about this, I want everybody to understand, I am not, you know, a guy who gets on the air and wants to steer your vote. I kind of look at politics like I'm doing sports talk radio. I'll tell you who I think is winning. I'll tell you who I think is losing. I'll tell you why. You know, I'll certainly offer you opinions on issues, unapologetically so. It's just a talk show. It's not a big deal. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. We're all adults here. Okay. But I think a lot of folks, especially in the talk radio sphere, have a tendency to group honest assessments of the Republican Party's political fortunes as either like attacks on Trump or, 
you're a rhino. I'm not any of those things. I'm a talk show host. My job, I don't owe loyalty to the party. I absolutely don't owe loyalty to Trump. And obviously nobody here at Fox News does either. Okay, yes, you've seen us take his side a lot over the years because he was right. Okay, we weren't defending him against the Mueller probe because we're in the tank for Trump. We were defending him on the Mueller probe because we knew Adam Schiff and everybody running it was completely full of Okay, the same goes with the Ukraine impeachment. Same goes with his slander of dead veterans. We all knew it wasn't true. So you'll see us take his side side a lot, but we don't owe him that. We're a news network, and the reason we're the most highest-rated news network in the history of the planet is we are telling people the truth, contrary to what the other networks do and investing all of their energy into the art of mischaracterizing things we do at Fox. Was it Fox News? That knowingly spread the lie that Trump was a Russian asset? The answer would be no. Interesting. Was it Fox News that told you vaccinated people could not get COVID? Ergo, we should fire and shame all of them out of polite society? The answer would be no. Was it, I don't know, Fox News that said the Hunter Biden laptop was fake? The answer would be no. I can do this with you for days. The Covington High School kids that ultimately sued and won against the news networks for defaming them? Was it Fox defaming them? The answer would be no. All of this stuff. We're not on the air telling you hands up, don't shoot happened in Ferguson, Missouri. You know who is? Every other TV network. Correct the mundo. Okay, we fly into the storm on a lot of controversial topics because we have an obligation to the truth. Okay, when it comes to the 2024 election, the truth is the Democrats have nobody. Okay, the Republicans got a lot on the bench. But the bench is about to beat the snot out of each other in the coming months, and it really could change our fortunes. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. little comedy update from your buddy here at Fox Across America. This Saturday, I'm going to be at the Carson Nugget, February the 4th. There are still a few tickets left for the 10 p.m. show. First two shows are sold out. We added a third one. I want to see as many of you guys as I can. Uh, Friday, February 17th, Saturday, February 18th. That is up at Fat Cats in Utica, Fat Cats Comedy Club. Friday show is completely sold out. We added a matinee Saturday, 5 p.m. show. There are three seats left if you want to go to the 5 p.m. show. And I have just been informed by the club they are opening up five seats at the 7 p.m. show. Late show is completely sold out also. Uh, But you've got about eight seats you could get access to if you want to come hang out in Utica, give it a go. Uh, If you're not on this, uh, in either of these paths, uh, I'm going to be in Federal Way, Washington, just outside of Seattle, Friday night, March the 3rd. I'll be at the Federal Way Performing Art and Event Center. Saturday night, March the 4th, I will be in Sacramento. I'm at the Crest Theater. You can come down. You might even see some Fox people there who are native to that area. Uh, Friday night, April the 7th, I'm going to be at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. And Saturday night, April the 8th, I will be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then we come back to the East Coast. I'm at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. 
Friday night, April 21st, Saturday night, April 22nd. But right now, I am in the studio doing the damn thing, and we're going to have a grown-up talk in the next break about the Democratic Party potentially turning on Kamala Harris after her latest trip to the microphone, Democrats telling it like it is. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact-checked. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up. It's Wednesday. Trying to hold this country together. We're having a little chit-chat about the 2024 election because the word on the street is Nikki Haley is getting into the race. Trump is already into the race. He's taking a lot of shots at DeSantis. We're going back and forth on that if you want to weigh in. 888-788-9910. But right now, uh, we're going to have a quick talk about Kamala Harris, uh, who was pretty – she was summed up pretty concisely by Tucker Carlson last night. This is clip six. Imagine your dumbest, most efficient kindergarten teacher takes a ton of acid and then becomes vice president. She's not sober. There's like mescaline or something. (laughs) Now, you might be wondering what drove Tucker to such inspired prose. Uh, I will play you the clip, but I want to give you a little bit of context. So Kamala has been catching some heat. Uh, Earlier in the week, Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, as Trump calls her, was asked if Kamala should be on the ticket if Biden runs for reelection. And she didn't answer the question. She kind of filibustered. Well, I think I think that's a personal to the campaign. And, you know, that's their own decision, which is a fancy way of saying no. I agree with that. Think about it. If you think she's going to be on the ticket. You say, yeah, she should be on the ticket. Bingo, man. Bingo. But in this instance, she didn't say it. And, of course, that started a conversation around Kamala Harris, whether or not the party was turning on her. There have been a couple of pieces written. New York Times wrote a pretty notable piece. And, of course, John Kennedy was asked about it. Great senator from Louisiana. And uh, here's his summation of Kamala Harris. It's clip seven. I know the vice president. I served with her on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, I like the vice president. I do not think she's been a good vice president. Uh, For whatever reason, every time she speaks, she shows us how much she doesn't know. Um, (laughs) I think she must must do her research on Twitter. (laughs) So he's speaking to a reality I think we all inhabit. You never watch a Kamala Harris speech. And walk away saying, no, no, this person's really informed. No, no, she's got a handle on things. You know, Kamala's in a bad spot. I can tell you this as a guy who drove a cab a long time. I'm pretty good at, like, psychoanalyzing people because folks get into a taxi every day and they just dump their problems on you because they think they're never going to see you again. So they'll just deal you in on any type of thing they're going through in life and you become, like, again, an affordable therapist. Kamala Harris is really uncomfortable in her own skin. You know, when she, like, laughs randomly at awkward times for no good reason. I just like school buses. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Have you ever had a checkup? Do you remember that one? I just, I, everyone's ridden a big yellow school bus. And I just, I love a big yellow school. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. It's crazy. Okay, and I don't doubt she loves a big yellow school bus. But what she always omits from that passage is the fact that she rode the short one. 
Okay, but here's Kamala, just uncomfortable in her own skin. She's always speaking in word salad. A lot of redundancies. You know, well, the thing about the significance of the passage of time is it's significant that so much time has passed. And during that passage, we've witnessed a significant amount of time that's go. What would you do with a brain if you had one? It's a good question to ask her. But here's Kamala Harris. She's talking about honoring a couple of astronauts who launched into space. And she's just so visibly uncomfortable in the fact that she's she's a performer. You know, when you meet somebody and they talk to you in like a natural conversational octave, hey, man, how you doing? Good. You know, you just have a conversation. You both feel comfortable. You're having a good time. But when you meet someone who is performing the words they're saying to you, there's a lack of authenticity there that's just glaring. And the Democrats told us this. Understand, every time somebody bashes Republicans for not liking Kamala Harris, like, oh, well, she's racist, they're racist, they're misogynist, they just don't want to see a powerful woman of color in that position. That's what they say. You know what they don't say? It's Kamala ran for the Democratic nomination for the presidency in 2020. And the Democrats had her polling at less than 1% when she dropped out. She dropped out before the Iowa caucuses. First nominating contest of the season, she dropped out. That is the equivalent of passing out in the tub drunk at 11.42 on New Year's Eve. You didn't even make it to the ball drop. You passed out before the year even started. That was Kamala Harris, and those numbers and that performance was confined exclusively to Democratic voters. So this whole idea that the Democrats, oh, Republicans, they're racist, misogynist against Kamala Harris. Yo, you guys didn't like her either. I think he's got a point. They hated her. They thought she was inauthentic. She got gutted, if you remember, famously at the debates. First, she's trashed Joe Biden, said she believed a sexual assault accuser said he was a racist because he palled around with segregationists and opposed integrated busing at schools. And then she was called out by Tulsi Gabbard on all of that. And, of course, her record of locking people up for smoking weed as a prosecutor and then bragging that she smoked a ton of weed in college. Oh, by the way, that famous clip of Kamala saying she smoked a ton of weed and was listening to Tupac and Biggie Smalls in college. What do they both have in common? Neither of them had put out an album when she was in college. Bingo. Kamala went to college in the 80s. Okay. Biggie and Tupac started putting out albums around 1993, 1994 in that range. Neither of them had recorded a single track in the 80s when she went to college, but claimed with a straight face on the Charlemagne show that, oh, I love smoking weed. I was smoking it in college and listening to Tupac and Biggie and but That is a lie. She's a sociopath and she's really uncomfortable in her own skin. Do you remember when she was being interviewed by Lester Holt? And he's like, you're the border czar. When are you going to go to the border? And she was like, I've been to the border. And he's like, no, you haven't. I've been to the border. No, you haven't. I've been to the border. You have not been to the border. Well, you're right. But I've never been to Europe either. I don't understand the question. Wait, what? She's really uncomfortable in her own skin, which brings me to this. You got Elizabeth Warren refusing to endorse her. You got, you know, the media apparatus in D.C. starting to question whether or not she should even be on the ticket. I give you John Kennedy saying every time she opens her mouth, she shows you how dumb and uncomfortable she is with the subject matter. Well, here is Kamala talking about space. And I'm telling you now, 
this is the most pandering, infantilizing take on a space trip you'll ever hear. It's clip five. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. (laughs) That was absolutely dreadful. And then they launched. (laughs) Yeah, they did. That was embarrassing. Oh, it was humiliating. But she's so uncomfortable in her own skin. And again, she might be a nice person for all I know. Okay, her staff doesn't feel that way. She has led a record level of staff departures for a vice president. More people have quit Kamala's VP staff than any VP in history through two years because she was constantly accused of running a very hostile work environment. That being said, I'm not commenting on how she is as a boss. I'm commenting on how she is as an ambassador to our country. This is our vice president, just like Biden is our president. Yo, guys, this is embarrassing. You got Biden telling a fake story about Angelo, the Amtrak conductor who died in 1992. But Biden is telling you this story about the year 2014 when Angelo saw him on the train. And Biden's lost his marbles. It's embarrassing. Biden talking about having a special key to the Amtrak so he could ride with the engineers. Do you remember this clip? It's clip 10. I can say it now since I know the, uh, there's different leadership. I used to about uh, 15% of the time ride with the engineers, for real. And I'm the only guy that I'm aware of when I stopped riding Amtrak that had a key to get in the back. You don't have a clue. <laughs> have a key to get in the back of the Amtrak. Okay, but it's embarrassing because he's a lying, he's a sociopath. I got my start at a historically black college, you know. (laughs) I went to college on a full ride, you know. Graduated first in my class. It goes on for days. You know, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. I mean, the level of lies, though. Okay, so you've got this lying, delusional, dimension-ridden sociopath who's your president. Okay, son's accused of selling influence in our government. Uh, Biden is accused of getting a kickback. Are you the big man, Joe? Hunter's business partners say yes. But the fact remains, regardless of what you think of the Republican Party, anything as a whole, these are the people we're sending out to the podium on behalf of our country every day. The woman who laughs awkwardly in moments where it has no business being laughed at. The guy who doesn't even know where he is in most moments and is getting shot up with B-12 and trotted out to the microphone. It's a really embarrassing time for our country. It's not a Republican statement. It's an American statement. Like, we've got to be able to do better than this. You know, and I really think, you know, if you're a Republican, you're running for president right now. There's a lot of nice things people say when they're running for president. It's about working across the aisle. You know, it's about that. Delivering for all Americans, you know, my opponent. No, no, no. How about this? How about I don't want our country to be an embarrassment on the world stage. It's an embarrassment. Okay, 
to Trump's credit, when he was president, yeah, he was a loony, tweeted a lot of crazy things, picked a lot of petty fights and everything in between. But in revisionist history, if you look back, Trump wasn't half as crazy or conspiratorial as the people in the media who told you that he was being controlled by Russia's president. People to this day that get on TV with a straight face and advance the biggest conspiracy in the history of this country, which is that Russia had seized control of our government. That's right. Russia had so much control over our government They waited till Trump left and they had relinquished that control before they started advancing on Ukraine on the world stage. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. And the media is what created Joe Biden. You understand, the media knew Joe Biden was just garbage. And I can make that claim because Joe Biden had run for president four other times and lost. Okay, one of them involved him in 1988 resigning after plagiarism charges. Okay, the media knows this because the media used to cover this stuff back then. Okay, I have the clip. I always play it because it's kind of hilarious. Listen to this. This is from 1988. This is Joe Biden lying about his education and his accomplishments. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class. <laughs> that he does not have three degrees from college, <laughs> and that he was not named Outstanding Political Science Student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. <laughs> this is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. Now, the shame of it all is the media knew this about him. This is That's them running him out of town in 1988 for being a lying sociopath. Lied through the 90s, lied through the aughts. How many lies have you heard him tell since getting into office? Told you the Georgia's voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Think about that and the significance of that. Because the Democrats called Georgia Jim Crow on steroids. And what did the Democrats just announce? They're going to have their political convention in Georgia. Think about Jim Crow on steroids. Hey, Jim, you got any room at the end? We're coming down. We're going to have a political convention. Do you understand the shamelessness of it all? And the media is complicit in this because the media wants the Democrats to win. But do you understand right now, because of their obsession with making the Democrats win, America lost. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon talking Biden, Kamala. Chuck Schumer weighed in. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Here is Schumer telling everybody to get on the Biden Express. This is clip 11. Thanks to this historic $292 million investment led by the president, passed by my Senate and House colleagues, Gateway is finally leaving the station. Now, you can use whatever train metaphor you want. Anyone you want, but get on the Joe Biden Express now 
because we are not stopping. <laughs> what he didn't tell you is that it did stop in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware this morning. The FBI currently scouring through Joe Biden's possessions in search of more classified documents. Oh, I'm in trouble. Who knows? But the fact remains, you know, Chuck Schumer is a straight up absolute clown. They were talking about the development of this tunnel here in New York that they've pledged $200 million for. And Biden, you know, came out and couldn't have did this without Chuck Schumer. Way to go. I'm going to be on the road 2024 traveling by train again. It's the bananas. Okay. And I bring it up because no serious person who's watching Biden. Okay, believes he'll be in the capacity to lead the country four minutes from now, let alone over four years from now. Okay, you're talking about him being 86 years old. And I bring this up. Why? Because yesterday, Tuesday, he was asked about ending the COVID emergency. Hey, what changed? Why are you ending the emergency now? And this is interesting because on Monday... Biden announced that we were ending the COVID emergency on May 11th. I don't remember that ever happening. I don't doubt that's the case because here he is telling reporters the Supreme Court's going to end it on May 15th. It's clip nine. What's behind your decision to end the COVID emergency? The COVID so Monday, COVID emergency is over May 11th. Tuesday, well, COVID emergency will end when the Supreme Court ends it. We're trying to end it for May the 15th. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Oh, it's bananas. And this was the media. Remember when Biden got elected telling us the adults were back in the room. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. I mean, could it get any more embarrassing than what you just heard right there from the media? The answer would be no. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Look who made it back to the studio. To host another big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who would never be late getting back to his radio studio. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Now it was a lot of paparazzi. You know, I'm trying to get back down here. They're like, isn't that that guy? Hey, you're the fat guy from TV. I know this guy. You're the chubby guy from TV. That boy is a P.I.G. Maybe so, but right now I am uh, here from radio, getting ready for a big hour. Texas Representative Pat Fallon 
He is on the oversight committee. That is significant. Why? Because they're holding their first hearings into the handling of the southern border. Representative Fallon famously sponsored a bill that would impeach Secretary Mayorkas, the guy who has left the country wide open. So we're going to be monitoring that hearing. We're going to be talking with Representative Fallon. And we're going to be getting updates because the White House counsel uh, is going to speak to the press following the FBI's search of Joe Biden's Rehoboth Beach beach house. If you haven't been following that development today, Biden, who famously said, well, yeah, we found some classified docs at the Penn Center. But don't worry about it. It's the only place you're going to find classified docs. (laughs) Since telling us there were only classified docs at the Penn Center. We have now found them in a minimum, a minimum of four other locations. Biden sucks. Okay, could be five. They're searching Rehoboth Beach. And the reason this is significant is Biden's attorneys were conducting the search. Hey, we found some documents. Don't worry, we're on the case. We're going to turn them in. And the Department of Justice initially said, yeah, yeah, you could search on your own. Just tell us what you find. Everything's going to be good. And that's what they allowed the Biden team to do. They let his lawyers search and turn over classified documents. Well, lo and behold, either his lawyers didn't find everything or they didn't tell the truth. Dun, dun, da. This could be a problem. It's a big problem for Biden. We spoke earlier with Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom. And why, while we don't know for sure what's going on here. We know there's a hell of a whole lot going on, and none of it's good for Biden. Okay, you understand, this is a historically unpopular president who does want to run again in 2024. He has told his confidants, he has told his inner circle, we're going to be rolling out a relaunch campaign shortly after the State of the Union. Get ready for Biden 2024. Wrong. In our lifetime, okay, we have never seen an incumbent president willingly step down from mounting a quest for a second term. The only guy who's done it in our lifetime is LBJ. Lyndon Baines Johnson, and it was the Vietnam conflict that ultimately just drove him out of town, and he said enough is enough. So if you're keeping score at home, okay, we haven't seen this happen in about 65 years. It is not common for a president a sitting president at that, to not seek re-election. Yeah, they lose them from time to time. George H.W. Bush lost one. Donald Trump lost one. Wrong. All right, well, the point is he did not become president the second time around. But traditionally, if you go all the way back through the, you know, the 20s and the aughts, the 90s, you know, and that was a controversial era. The ni- That was, you know, that was an era when the, the president was using interns as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. Still ran for a second term. Okay, Jimmy Carter, historically unpopular, still got behind the wheel and made a drive at a second turn. Yeah, it didn't exactly last. But the point is Biden wants to make that run at a second term and has told confidants he wants to make that run. His chief of staff, Ron Klain, officially stepped down from the campaign today, excuse me, from the administration today. 
which has everyone in Washington thinking he was going to be the guy to spearhead the reelection campaign, which, of course, would pay him a bazillion dollars. So all the wheels were in motion for Biden to mount another charge at the White House. And it's very possible that political operatives at the tippy top of our government or the Democratic Party itself started opening up missile silos on Biden. Well, hey, it's, you know, really wild stuff going on here. We found some classified documents. Oh, it's weird. We found some classified documents over there. Holy heck, would you believe we found some over here? Better start a special counsel and send in the FBI. This is politics as usual. I don't doubt for a second. Okay, now I am speculating here. Let's be very clear. It's a talk radio show. It's just a man giving you his opinion. But I am speculating here that at the tippy top of our government, you know, they have dirt on everybody, meaning they know where they gotcha. And to be honest with you, they just like having it. As Peter Strzok famously said about Donald Trump, the Mueller probe was an insurance policy. We were taking out an insurance policy in case the guy became president. We would lie to the country and tell them he was a Russian asset so we could bounce him out that way. That was the Mueller probe when you boil it down to its origins. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, understand. That's what it was. was Their insurance policy. I don't doubt for a second there are people out there knowing Joe Biden's been in the government for 50 years, okay, that have an insurance policy. Biden does this dirty. How do we get rid of him? I'm not saying they're going to kill anybody. That's not what I'm advocating for. That's not what I think they're advocating for. But I certainly think there's an apparatus in place that should they need to railroad anybody out of town, I don't doubt for a second they have the ability to do so. Now, is that what's going on here? We still don't know. The only thing we know here is the narrative is shifting a lot. And the narrative shifting isn't a good thing for Joe Biden. It's a very, very bad thing. Tell them like it is. Okay, because either they were just completely derelict in their duty to protect this country or very possible. Okay, they've been lying. They've been trying to throw people off the scent because this could be a link to some of his son's shady foreign, overseas, influence-peddling business deals that Biden was alleged to be a part of. Hunter's a dirtbag. But the bigger question is not whether or not Hunter's a dirtbag. It's whether or not his father was profiting off of that dirtbaggery. Are you the big man, Joe? His business partner said yes. So this update is very interesting. We're going to get into it with Representative Fallon. We're going to get an update on this border thing because that's the other issue going down right now is everywhere you look, okay, Everywhere you look, there is a sign of decline. Okay, your energy independence is bad. Your crime rates are up. Your borders, it's open. They can tell you it's not open, but when they apprehend someone at the border, they let them in. Closed as you get apprehended, you're not allowed in. You got to come legally. That's a closed border. Apprehending them and saying, okay, welcome, here's a stimulus check. We're going to bust you to some other locale. The taxpayers will float it for you. That's not closed. Okay, but that's the reality is the Biden administration at every turn has put the politics ahead of the people. They've put perception over reality. Oh, don't tell me the border's open. That's a Republican thing. Don't tell me the gas is bad. That's a Republican thing. But it's not a Republican. It's an American thing. We're all suffering as an end result. And here is Secretary Mayorkas, and this is so telling. Okay, Secretary Mayorkas was on MSNBC. He had a message to the Republicans ahead of the border hearings. This is Secretary Mayorkas, the guy I famously told you. I was in D.C. last year for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And the Friday before the dinner, it's a big party. Big, you know, like every big-name celebrity is there. And 
all the cable news people from all the channels. So you got you know Fox people, MSNBC people, CNN people are there. CNN is the worst. Fine, but the point is we're all there. Everyone's hanging out, and all the political power players are there. You got governors and senators and game show hosts and everything in between. And Secretary Mayorkas was waiting in line to meet Don Lemon. Don Lemon, the guy who says policing the border is racist. The guy in charge of policing the border was waiting in line like a fangirl to meet the guy who says policing the border is racist. That can't be good. I told it to you that Monday when I got back from the correspondence dinner. I was like, the most disturbing thing I saw was the guy in charge of the border hugging it out and losing his mind to meet Don Lemon, who has famously tried to group border security with some type of discrimination. Okay, nobody wants to secure the border is saying don't let migrants in here. They're saying let's do this legally so we don't have to bear the burden financially to our resources, something that even Democrats are starting to yell and scream about. But let's start here. Here's my orchest with his message, clip 19. My message to them would be, you know, uh, the immigration system has been terribly broken and outdated for decades. That is something about which everyone agrees, and it is my hope that they take that problem and they fix it once and for all. In the meantime, within a broken system, we are doing everything that we can to increase its efficiency, to provide humanitarian relief when the law permits, and to also deliver an enforcement consequence when the law dictates. That is exactly what we are doing. You suck, you jackass. Understand. Okay. Blaming the broken system, we're working within the system, we're doing everything we can do to improve its efficiency. You're alive. Yo, the things that were improving its efficiency were repealed the second Democrats took control of this government. They stopped building the border wall. They ended Remain in Mexico. Remain in Mexico was uncluttering our immigration system. Why? Because people who were coming here seeking asylum were forced to remain in Mexico until their case was heard. So instead of overwhelming our border facilities, instead of empowering the drug cartels to know that anybody they marched towards America was getting in, because even if they didn't legally have the right, they were going to be allowed into America until the case was heard. Do you understand? It's not what you say at the border. It's what you do. If you're letting in every single person you catch... The border's open. You can tell me there's guys there. You can tell me there's satellite imaging tracking. But if no one's getting turned away, you got yourself an open border. And they know that. Okay, what they're ultimately hoping is migrants will come here, get on the government teat, and ultimately get the right to vote at some point. They're already working on that in local local elections. As you know, in states like the one I reside in in New York, There are ballot initiatives that would allow undocumented immigrants to vote in elections just like you. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. And here is Jerry Nadler, who got yelled. It's really funny. He got made fun of by Jim Jordan earlier in today's hearing because he was taking a phone call while Jordan was talking. Jordan goes, I'll yield the floor once the representative from New York finishes his phone call. But here is Jerry Nadler on Capitol Hill saying it's a racist hearing. This is clip 26. First hearing will showcase the racist tendencies of the extreme MAGA Republican wing of the party that seeks to close the border to refugees from places like Cuba and Venezuela. It almost makes me miss their usual obsession with conspiracy theories and the FBI. 
I mean... You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit! I mean, really think about that, Jerry Nadler. This hearing will expose the racist tendencies of Republicans. Yo! The open border, the fentanyl, specifically the fentanyl coming across the border, has killed more American adults than anything in this country. Fentanyl, leading cause of adult death in this country. It's killing pieces, p- people of all color. Is it racist to want to stop people of all colors from dying in record numbers? The answer would be no. I mean, come on, dude. 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted. Is it racist to want to end that? The answer would be no. Okay. Our tax liability, our infrastructure, our resources are so overwhelmed in these border towns, many of which, the vast majority of whom, are Latino people. Is it racist to want to get their lives back under control? The answer would be no. No. What the first hearings will really expose is that Democrats like Jerry Nadler are full of It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Biden White House speaking to the media moments ago. Little legalese being deployed. The official explanation for the raid today, or the raid, the visit anyway, to his Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home, according to the Biden administration, they want you to know that no documents with classified markings were found at the home. Now, does that mean there was no classified information found at the home? The answer would be no. Notice they're using a distinction. No documents with classified markings. They didn't say no classified information was found. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Why did they say that? Because there could be classified information that was written down. This was handwritten notes. There could be classified information that was shared in an email. There could be classified information that was printed out on a different piece of paper. Classified information is not just things marked classified. It's information that can't be shared no matter what type of document it's on. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. I mean, I'm sitting here. It's like a former cab driver who spent his 20s getting paid in like (laughs) <laughs> drink tickets for real I mean, what was I doing I was doing stand up comedy hanging out doing nothing and I can see through this crap you know with my background my hobbies are fast cars and fast women but the point is even somebody with that background can sit here and sift right through this ridiculousness so when they say oh no documents with classified documents uh, with markings were found shut up fool Because what they're trying to do is give their allies in the media cover. Well, it's not like they found documents with classified markings. Listen, if I have the highest security clearance in the world and someone hands me a document that says everyone in the state of Maine is an alien, they're from another planet, we know this, we can't say anything to anyone, but everyone in Maine is an alien, okay? If I put the document back into the skiff, 
lock it into the briefcase that I'm supposed to under the penalty of law, and then pick up my phone and call my brother Joey. And I'm like, by the way, you know, everyone in Maine is an alien. Okay. I've still shared classified information. Just because it's not on the original document doesn't mean you didn't do it. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm just telling you, when they deploy misleading terms like this, it's a sign that there is, contrary to what Joe Biden told us, it's a sign that there is, in fact, a there, there. You're absolutely right. But it scares me as someone who could be this right this often on people functioning at this high of a level. Because, again, nobody has ever copied off me on a test. You know, I've, I've told you this before. I've, I've seen a mariachi band fist fight in the back of a cab. I saw Clay Henry the beer-drinking goat chug a long neck bottle of Budweiser in a cab. I've met time travelers. I've met people from other hot planets. I've seen presidents. I've seen anything you can think of go on in this world. I went to a ninja fight on 39th Street. Okay, I've, the only thing I've never seen is somebody copy off me on a test. But the fact remains that even I can see through the garbage they're peddling in this White House, man. And that's not a good thing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. He is, of course, a superstar representative from the great state of Texas, the 4th Congressional District, a member of the Oversight Committee, who I got to be honest, they're going hard today. Holy hell. Joining us now for a well-deserved water break, Representative Pat Fallon is on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, how are you doing? I mean, whoa, you guys dialed it up to 11 today, huh? Uh, Yeah, we have to. You know, we promised bold colors. Not soft pastel, so here we go. <laughs> Fashion week is upon us. Uh, listen, you back, I believe it was around January the 10th, filed uh, articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. And, you know, I think anybody who's been paying attention knows they've been derelict in their duty to protect this country. Uh, are they today uh, showing any interest in doing that, or are you seeing more of the same, which is a pivot about identity politics and racism? Because I heard some dopey Jerry Nadler comments, but I haven't heard much more. Well, when you say Jerry Nadler and Dopey, I mean, they're synonymous. So <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Well, listen, we're, we, right now the Judiciary Committee is hearing, uh, having hearings on the border. The Oversight Committee, which I sit on, is having hearings about massive COVID waste yes. that the mainstream media really hasn't talked about. I mean, Jimmy, it's up to $650 billion of taxpayer money that was just stolen. That's and we nice. didn't have one committee hearing on it in two years on oversight. I mean, that's what oversight is for, yeah. specifically the largest fraud, probably not in U.S. history, human history, and mm-hmm. the Democrats didn't want to even talk about it. It's crazy. Isn't it fascinating? Because there's so much money just flying out the window. And, I mean, I think one of the reasons that they're so mad at Biden for potentially ending the COVID emergency is it really has been their Trojan horse for just about anything they wanted to spend money on, and certainly a lot of things that they didn't want to spend money on. Uh, but what we're hearing now, uh, you know, that number you throw at me, because I, I thought it was like $500 million, which again is not a drop in the bucket, but did you say it was 650 Yeah, so 500 uh, potentially 560 with a B, billion dollars wow. gone. A lot of it, not only from our own people, but from organized transnational, you know, crime, uh, organized crime from countries like China, mm-hmm. Russia, Nigeria, uh, it, it, Romania is another one that, that a lot of folks. 
and they just don't even want to go after the money. And then they they were proud. They were bragging today, some of the bureaucrats, about how they recovered a billion dollars. A billion dollars out of five hundred sixty billion? I'm not proud of that. I want more. <laughs> I feel I, I feel like we're setting the bar a little low here. <laughs> I got to be honest. That's 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 bananas. We're talking to Texas Representative Pat Fallon from the Fourth Congressional District of Texas. Yeah, you know the concern I have when I when you start to hear these numbers uh, relevant to the you know COVID relief, you realize how much this must go on in every other corner of yeah. the government, just the same, right? Yeah, you know that's how it, it, it's just it's an evil circular game. In so much as a lot of the Democratic mega donors happen to make a lot of dough with the federal government, and I mean you can just get case and case again, and they get wildly wealthy, and that's why we need more oversight. We don't have a, really a press, a, a mainstream media that is interested in exposing it if it's perpetrated, if the crimes are perpetrated by those that are on the left. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's like if you if you know where to send the check, you can buy yourself a lot, a lot of lax oversight. Yeah, you ain't you ain't kidding. Because like one of the funniest things they never talk about is the crypto guy down in the Bahamas, Sam Bankman Freed, was pound for pound as good of a Democratic donor as they had in the last election cycle. And you really don't hear a heck of a whole lot. Is there an appetite to haul him in on your side of this? Oh, I think we should. I yeah. think that would be uh, something that you – now, he might just sit there and take the fifth, and that's yeah. his right. And uh, But again, it, it kind of indicates that he's got something to hide. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they don't want – if it was a – imagine if it was a mega donor to Trump. They would be talking about it, and CNN and MSNBC would be on a loop talking about this all, fellow. Oh, we got – we know everything about the guy. We'd be meeting his high school <laughs> classmates right now. That have his teachers on. When you meet and, the fifth grader, he bullied yeah. and yeah. took his chicken nuggets from Taylor <laughs> and, you know, in elementary school. Unbelievable. And they were white meat nuggets because he was racist. I'm telling you, tonight on CNN, it's crazy. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets are racist. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Jimmy, over the last two years in the Oversight Committee, I learned that according to the Democrats, that pollution was racist, the weather and the climate was racist, COVID-19. <laughs> well, you know, by definition, indiscriminate virus, that's racist. Maternal health care, I mean, you name it, it was racist. It's crazy that, like, uh, this card, as absurd as it is, they were playing it to some effect, okay? But it got so exhausted now, and I think everybody realizes it but them, because now it's kind of come like become, like, cartoonishly funny. Like, when you're telling people yeah, the weather's yeah. racist, like, we're laughing at them. They might not realize that, uh, but we're certainly laughing. I, I So I, I take that as a sign of progress in this country, but there's certainly a lot more progress to be made. Let me ask you this, though, Mr. Oversight. Uh, we did have the FBI show up to Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, Beach House earlier today. And the official White House takeaway was no documents with classified markings were found. Now, I have come to understand that just because they're not marked classified doesn't mean they didn't find documents that could have contained classified information that he wrote down or typed, correct? Yes, that's an interesting spin on how yes. they phrased that. Mm-hmm. So it would be, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens uh, moving forward. Man, it's just funny, though, because it's so rich. Because, again, when you talk about the shoe being on the other foot, we were told this was the most reckless thing you could ever do was have a document at your house. Well, the guy saying this now has documents at his office, his house, his garage, maybe even the beach house. Uh, are you buying any of the Biden messaging or do you have the same feeling I have in terms of where this might be headed? Oh, yeah. The thing is, he it didn't age well. I mean, he does the 60 minute interview where he takes his high horse and he looks down upon it. He goes, oh, how could he? How could Trump be so just so irresponsible? And then, you know, he's at four different locations in places that he owns. 
So it's going to be it's not it's not proving to be something that it's not like a fine wine. It's like a moldy <laughs> cheese. So it's Biden, the moldy cheese president. <laughs> I've heard him compared to a lot of things. Uh, that might be a new frontier, but it works. It definitely it definitely aligns and it fits. And uh, I brought up the pandemic earlier, uh, and obviously you guys investigating that fraud. Um, is there science that says you end this thing on May 11th? Because I've been checking. Oh, my God. Yeah. How does that work? Does the virus give you an ETA like it's following a GPS? <laughs> You know, I'm right off the house floor right now, and I just got off the floor. Jamie Comer, the chairman of Oversight, has got a great bill called the Show Up Act, uh-huh. which is going to mandate that federal employees get back to work at the same levels they had pre-pandemic in 2019. And Jamie Raskin from Maryland is actually you know, opposing it, saying that they were more efficient when they stayed at home. That's literally what he said. <laughs> when I have constituents freaked out with their pulling their hair out, saying I can't get anybody on the phone, at Social Security, yeah. at the IRS, uh-huh. and from the VA, and they're a backlog. I mean, go get a, try to get a passport now. I mean, it's, yeah. there's such a huge backlog. Or your DD-214 if you were in the military. Mm-hmm. And there are you in that. So now, you know that. There's no yeah. sign. Here's the science, though. This is interesting, real uh-huh. quick. If you compare Florida and California, two sunshine states, lots of coastline, big states, mm-hmm. with as far as per capita instances of COVID, COVID hospitalizations, COVID deaths, they're almost exactly the same. They're statistically... Um, you know, yep. they're, they're statistically the same. Mm-hmm. But California took a much different approach, much more Traconia approach in Florida. Same thing if you do Texas and New York. Yep. Same thing if you did Illinois and, uh, you know, like South Dakota. It's the same. So the science has shown that locking down and being draconian like you did, all you did is hurt the economy and hurt people's lives. That's it. It's crazy, man. And it, it is an instance where, in a lot of ways, the reaction was worse than the virus. And, you know, we're not, not we're not, you know, denigrating anything anybody went through with the virus, but the, you know, the offset of health, you know, outcomes in terms of people postponing elective procedures and everything else that went on in terms of education and substance abuse and everything else, they really did mismanage this to the moon and back. So I don't doubt you're going to be busy. I opened this by saying it was a busy time in the oversight committee. Uh, Lace up those track shoes, man. You got a hell of a race to run. Well, Jimmy, it's a lot like what you said. My grandfather used to say, that boy would commit suicide if he was afraid to be murdered. You know, like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all. What a time to be alive. <laughs> well, good luck out there. Check back. Let us know about your progress, okay? Thank you, sir. You're a great American. Keep you, fighting the good fight. You too, my man. There he goes, the great representative Pat Fallon on the 4th Congressional District of Texas trying to make sense of what's going on in Democratic-run Washington, D.C., and I think the only takeaway you have is... What the hell is the world coming to? A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon, holding this country together on a Wednesday. If you're looking to see me on TV tonight, gracing the Fox News airwaves. The answer would be no. I am a civilian this evening. Tomorrow night, I will be be doing a live episode of the Sean Hannity Show right here at Fox News headquarters. And then Friday, I fly out to Reno in the Carson Nugget. I'll be doing stand-up at the Carson Nugget this weekend. Uh, But Saturday night, prior to going on stage, I am taping uh, the Dan Bongino Show. So you will see me on with Bongino Saturday night right here on the Fox News Channel. You'll see me on Hannity tomorrow night. Friday, 
You will see me on Outnumbered. I'll be on with the ladies of Outnumbered, Emily Campagno, Kaylee McEnany, and, of course, Harris Faulkner, who is thrilled to have me by her side. That is offensive, and it is not true. Well, the fact remains, I will be there. But since Ms. Faulkner brought up offensive and not true, there's two different things going on right now. You've got the Judiciary Committee having a hearing on our southern border. You've got the Oversight Committee having a hearing on COVID fraud. And you've got Kamala Harris, the dumbest person pound for pound to ever hold elected office. Uh, She's speaking right now at the funeral of Tyree Nichols. Uh, She's about to speak. We do not have audio on that. I can only hope she does a better job today than she did yesterday talking about space travel. Okay, I played this earlier in the show. I have to play this again because this is really, I mean, I always say weapons grade stupid. Kamala does this pandering thing where she like, it's, it's really weird, but like she performs what she's saying, but in the wrong emotion. Like she's here saluting two astronauts who went to space. And you want to salute them like they're really brave. They got in the spaceship. They waved goodbye to their family. They strapped in. They took off to space. You know, there's a hero. They're doing that. All right, whatever. She talks about it like it's the big yellow school bus. They put on their uniforms. <laughs> they wave to their family. <laughs> Listen to this. It's like it's disturbing. It's clip five. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! See, that's the right time to laugh. Lincoln said something funny and it laughed. It caught me off guard. I've heard the drop a million times. Sometimes the laugh just makes me laugh. Okay. Kamala, they went to space. Yeah, they did. Oh, shut up, woman. This whole thing is a performance. It's so weird. And, you know, I speak to this again because 2024 is basically here. Okay, Nikki Haley announced that she's going to be running. That's, you know, basically she didn't announce it, but she's told everybody close to where she's going to be running. She's planned an announcement in South Carolina on February the 15th. Get her out. Get her out of here. We'll see. But the point is she's running. Okay, Trump is fighting with DeSantis. Okay, DeSantis taking some backhanded shots at Trump over COVID management. It's starting to get ugly, okay? The pot, the water, it's starting to boil. Things are going to get interesting. But what you have to remember going forward, this is so important, man, okay, is the people we have in power right now are horrible, just awful. And the reason they wound up in the position they were in is because people went to the polls People went to the drop boxes. People went to the drive-in mailing slots. People went to the local ballot harvesting effort, and they sent in a ballot. Somebody sent it in for them if they were picking up your vote, whatever the case may be, and they put party over country, okay, the end result of which is we're all getting screwed. Inflation's bad. Got a fuel crisis artificially lowered right now because we're decimating our strategic petroleum reserves. 
and we've got all this rank stupidity in our military where they're prioritizing inclusion. You know, hate has no home on the battlefield. It's all love here on the battlefield. Yo, the point of war is not to protect hurt feelings. It is to inflict maximum pain on your enemy, so much so that we can avoid war, peace through strength. Okay, we're not demonstrating strength on the world stage. What we're demonstrating is a three-ring circus of diversity and inclusion and tolerance and everything else. It's a circus. And again, I'm not against diversity or inclusion or tolerance or anything else. But what I am against is the complete abandonment of meritocracy. We got to a point in this country, it's unprecedented, where people voted for Biden simply because they hated Trump. Now, I'm not telling you Trump was the best guy in the world. But I'm telling you, no objective observer could tell you Biden has been half the president Trump was. And we knew this going in. Democrats thought Democrats. They thought his vice president was a clown. She was pulling at one percent in their own party when she dropped out of the nominating contest. Democrats themselves wanted nothing to do with Joe Biden. But the party forced them to consolidate their support behind him by promising them he would be Bernie Sanders. And he's been Bernie Sanders. Everything he's done in office has been a sellout to the far left, whether we're talking about the environmental yahoos. They're crazy. Or the woke inclusion mafia that's out there every day. Everything woke turns to We have a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's making up stories about Angelo, the Amtrak conductor, who died almost 12 years before he got into office. Okay. Excuse me. I want to be clear. He retired in 1992. The Angelo Nero we're talking about retired in 1992. Okay, he died in 2014. Joe Biden makes this claim of when he became the vice president in 2012, excuse me, 2009. Angelo came up to him. Hey, Joey, baby. I don't want to hear anything about Air Force Run. You know, you've done two million miles on Amtrak. We added it up. And according to Joe Biden, that happened when he was the vice president in 2009, except Angelo, Joey baby. Sadly, he had been retired at that point over two decades. Do you understand? This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. They're not talking about Angelo. Angelo had the retirement home. They're talking about Joe Biden. Okay, we put a guy into the Oval Office without ever vetting him. Biden didn't campaign in the summer of 2020. I've said this to you before. There were more Bigfoot sightings. There were more Elvis sightings than there were Joe Biden sightings in the summer of 2020. We had a pandemic going on. He stayed home. They put him in the basement, handed him a pudding cup and a TV remote, and were like, Bonanza, put it on. Don't worry. When you come upstairs, we'll be, you'll be president. Just let us do our thing. And they made an entire election cycle about Donald Trump is a lunatic who's going to get us all killed. Now, For what it's worth, Donald Trump's COVID numbers are better than Joe Biden's. And we didn't have targeted data when Donald Trump was the president. COVID was brand new. But what I'm trying to say is we just had an election based on who you hated more. Did you hate Biden? Not really. He's a delusional old man, but a lot of you hated Trump. And you went out and voted your emotions instead of your own eyes and ears. Now, to your credit, your eyes and ears didn't really give you a good look at Biden because he wasn't allowed in front of a microphone because they didn't know what was going to come out of his mouth on the off chance they let him speak for himself. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. That was just one of the doozies. But the point is this time around, wherever this election goes, let's judge the quality of the person and not our hate towards the other side.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.